0: Hello and welcome to the Modern Reformer Podcast. The mission of the Modern Reformer is the edification of the saints through the recovery of the historic faith. I'm your host, Mitchell Roden, joined by my co host, Avery Roden. Uh, how we doing? <laughs> Morning, Ave. Morning, Go- sir. What's going on, man? You know, not a whole
1: lot. Okay. I feel like that was a long trumpet intro. Just
0: something- you gotta have that trumpet. Sometimes you try new things. Damn, <laughs> you
1: guys. You're going to want that trumpet.
0: You're going to want that trumpet on the track. <laughs> oh, gosh. What we got on the docket today, Mitch? What are we talking about? It's about time <coughs> to get into an explicit point of Calvinism, mm. the perseverance of the saints. You know, I was told at
1: one point in time, <clears throat> eh, quite a few years ago now, that you had to be a Calvinist to believe in Internal security. Who told you that? I don't remember, but they were right. You think? Yep. I didn't at the time. Why were they correct? Why? Oh, that's a good. That's a good question. Because the perseverance of the saints. It's it's a reason why it's last in the acrostic. Tulip. <laughs> yeah, of yeah. the tulip. Mm-hmm. There's also a reason why it's chapter seventeen. That's because it comes at the end of a uh, wrapping up of a system of understanding of salvation. Huh. Mm-hmm. So, apart from the system, you have no assurance, really. You mm-hmm. have no, you have no guarantee of that salvation. If you do, if you do hold to that without holding to the
0: other things, it's kind of, kind of logically inconsistent. Do you think that it uh, only makes sense because it's God who saves? Right, something
1: like that. So any system that predicates this upon the action of God and the continual nature of that action, the seeing through of the action, um, the guarantee of it upon His work and His work alone, will will naturally
0: come to the conclusion of the perseverance of the saints. So if you want to have the perseverance of the saints, or as as we call it, eternal security, yeah, not the same. They're not the same. Oh. I mean,
1: I guess you could use them interchangeable, but guess. most of the time, there's a different emphasis um, on both.
0: Huh.
1: Eternal security is usually used at like uh, some sort of provisionist understanding, uh, some sort of classic, um, what's the best word? Some sort of classic understanding of salvation. Which says that you make a profession, and now that profession will never go away. <clears throat> um, it's kind of anti-lordship in its nature most of the time. Whoever uses it, it's usually just a bare, naked profession that remains in that system, or something along those lines. That's how it's used. Now, obviously, I think you can use the two interchangeable I'm just talking about the popular usage here. Oh, okay, okay man. You good with that? So, if you want to, if you want to interchange them, I'm fine with it. Okay, well, you I just won't. gotta find your terms. I won't do that. You gotta, you just gotta find your terms at that point.
0: I, I will never do that. Mm, okay, good. So good. you would say the uh, nomenclature of eternal security is generally used to say it. Yeah, it's generally used to be antinomian, to, right? To it, say correct. Yeah, hey, well, that's a good. That's a great point. I'm in there, can't yeah. get out.
1: <laughs> yeah, okay. no matter who cares about anything else. Right, pretty much. I mean that that's a pretty good summation. Now, obviously, that's maybe a little bit unfair, but that's kindly if that's not what they say outright, that's kind of the logical conclusion of like an old school, like an old school Southern Baptist theology like mm-hmm. that's deeply steeped in provision would 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 be that would be at the end of it. Saying, yeah, well, you're eternally secure because it's somehow predicated upon his work, but
0: not fully, you know, you have so, some sort of cooperation. So <laughs> we, we live in a time where people don't have very good systematics, that's what you're saying. Yeah, nobody—so nobody. nobody
1: so that feather that told me that, that you had to be a Calvinist to believe in the perseverance of the saints, was really just pushing me to logical consistency,
0: mm.
1: and I didn't want to go there. Right. Uh, but he was
0: correct. It is painful to go there. Sometimes. Yeah,
1: I was—I uh, thought about that one for a while, and then eventually
0: I was like, yeah, he's correct. <clears throat> yep. So coming out of uh, Armenian background, as you do— <laughs> Cut from the <laughs>
1: stock of it It's Island. not really. It's it's the background in which the ethos in which most people in in the general area is unexamined. It it's not. I wouldn't really even call it Armenianism. It is in a sense. It, it definitely <clears throat> is. It is in a sense, but it's Armenianism that's baptized with a new flavor. The, really, the correct word is provision. The, the the new. That's what everybody is. They're just a provisionist. Armenianism works in there, but a proper, a proper Armenian is more Wesleyan, in my opinion. Than so, but you know, th- there's always been that <coughs> divide within eternal security within the Armenian camp, anyway. But
0: yeah, so <laughs> classic Armenianism, one of its five points, one of its five remonstrance, <laughs> yeah, is actually anti eternal yeah, security. The, yeah, yeah, so no perseverance. Yeah, what we have. What I was familiar with was people that were very, very, very sure about eternal security, and at the same time, also very sure about um, cooperation, uh, cooperation with grace, yeah. not and that God doesn't elect people to salvation, mm-hmm. things of that nature. So yeah, I, th- I think logical consistency is yeah that's um, that is
1: philosophically at least. Biblically, but at least philosophically, in your own thinking, inconsistent. Right. So, <clears throat> so the truly consistent Armenians are, are anti
0: perseverance, yeah. free will Baptists, correct? Methodists. Method. <laughs> well, old school Methodists, anyway. Free will Baptists, are, we like to say Methodists. Methodist.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, sorry, it's too far. <laughs> Not really, though.
1: Yeah, well, they have some differences, but <clears throat>
0: yeah. So, yeah. perseverance of the saints. I think this issue, on a practical level, in general, divides many camps, and and also divides many camps within the Baptist movement. So, if you think of, uh, some I don't know that we've used this terminology much, but particular Baptist and general Baptist are Calvinistic Baptists and Arminian Baptists in general. That means they disagree over the doctrine of salvation and how it works, which uh, I I, I don't like the term Calvinism, nor do I like the acrostic tulip, nor do I like the whole understanding that this is somehow a philosophical system imposed on Scripture because that was my entire rebuttal of it when I was an anti-Calvinist. And you could, I think, not being informed on the issues as I was, you could see why people still to this day throw up the same arguments that that I made and then found out that people have been answering those arguments for well over 400 years (laughs) and that all of my arguments were not thought out, were emotional responses primarily. So uh, this issue tends to be the one next to limited atonement. (laughs) So general general Baptist versus particular Baptist is, is really most easily understood about the atonement and its its yeah so it's uh, general effect. or particular you know. yeah was it made generally or provisionally <laughs> or was yeah. it made particularly for
1: the elect so that that's the uh, that's the terminology which would have been at its inception so yeah. as we if you remember if you, way back in the first episode if we say you're a modern day baptist in America um you trace your roots to England there's there's no doubt about that that's the only place in which that you could trace your roots yeah. Um, so, it, either camp, so general or particular, either Armenian or Calvinist, yeah. whatever Baptist you are, you come out, you come from that. And the
0: largest denomination, uh, affiliation, network, whatever you want to call it, in the Baptist movement is the Southern Baptist Convention slash Southern Baptists, right? Yeah. Those guys <clears throat> are inherently Calvinistic originally in their history. Yeah. Originally, they are. Non-apologetically Calvinistic, very clear on those issues, and that uh, fell out of popularity. When you, you you got the Philadelphia Confession, so I don't yeah. can't remember if we talked about that. It's, it's How just, we mentioned it. It's past, a,
1: it's a republication yeah. of the of the sixteen eighty nine with the addition of two chapters, uh, hymn singing, and um, something else. I can't remember, but there's two additional chapters. Other than that, it's a republication. That's the majority confession on on American Continental Baptist at that point in time.
0: Yeah. So we did talk a little bit about the Orthodox Confession. I think it was termed, which came out, I want to say, a year later, 1678, after uh, the first publication or whatever you want to say about that, 1677 of the Second London. That would be the General Baptist in response (laughs) to our Calvinistic brethren. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, Yeah they've got their own confessions I just They've got their own confessions They're not as good uh, Not just because I disagree with them On those certain <laughs> soteriological issues But if you were to read the thing The scope of the thing And this is generally what happens by the way With uh, Armenian S theology Is that it becomes less And less and less clear On other issues as well <laughs> So you can't really teach clearly in certain things character nature of god decree of god things of like that you can't really do that exhaustively like this confession does in my opinion when you are an arminian you have to add those but clauses yeah god decrees all things that come to pass uh, but yeah foreknowledge yeah. various other additions um so to to be fair to the to the English Baptist,
1: both uh don't only call it a denomination, both six of the Baptist subgroup there. S E C T S. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Both of those really go in the heresy at one point in time. So the general Baptist, they they turn like anti Trinitarian for you know.
0: And again, this is movements so. Yeah. Yeah, this is
1: not everybody, yeah. but this is majority report inside of this kind of slide that you see after those things. Mm-hmm. And then you see the Calvinists really going into hyper Calvinism pretty yeah. hard. Yeah. That's a that's a serious thing for everybody. What's hyper Calvinism? Uh, that would be um hyper Calvinism is pretty much I call it sub Calvinism. It's pretty much it <laughs> rejects it rejects the free offer of the gospel so it's going to see the the ends coming and then the applying of the means so it also comes with a whole uh very dark understanding of church membership and how security so all those really things are really uh, sub calvinistic in those
0: ways but so (laughs) so uh, hyper calvinism uh, would be the actual critique of calvinism Right. So, so yeah. truly, the frozen chosen understanding that what will be will be, right? It's yeah. basically a negation of the means that God uses to bring about His will. Yeah. So you're going to see a converted yeah. man, and then preach him the gospel. Yeah. So that, then, it's most extreme form.
1: It's going to limit the supper to like very few people, right? Inside of those churches.
0: I mean, so it's it's a, not good. It it's <laughs> taking the idea of election predestination and then calling it's taken that to the nth degree in the sense of denying romans 10 in light of romans 9 things of that nature yeah so not seeing that we do accept these things about god's work in eternity past and in an application in the present and even into glorification in the future uh, but we don't really apply the means that he's decree ordained as the instrument that these things come to pass in yeah so it could yeah down to brass tacks they are the, all the critiques of Calvinism being anti-evangelical, not spreading the gospel, anti-missions, and then also being like uh, hard shell, think you're better than everybody else. Like all those critiques are hyper-Calvinistic critiques, right? Mm -hmm.
1: So Uh, also uh, I think in some aspects what comes along with that also Is equal ultimacy. So they're gonna see reprobation as the same as election. So they have a they have a God that's actively suppressing. What was reprobation? That's the passing over. It's the opposite of election. So when God gives you grace versus when God leaves you in your sins, that's reprobation. (laughs) So they're gonna get into that aspect as well. And you see the movement come back out of that. You see that walk out as you study that history, and you also see the General Baptist become Trinitarian again. But, but those were those were battles, I guess. Would be the best way to put it. Those were battles in which the separate denominations—that's not really the best word—but yeah. the the separate groups, wings, fought. yeah.
0: <laughs> of course, which,
1: you know, and, and then the the Pado have their own fights. They they fall into a deep formater like f- formalism in which the revival counteracts. Which revival? Uh, the first Great Awakening, uh, the Evangelical Revival. If you're in England, the Great Awakening. If you're in America, um, which is England at the time, really? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> pretty much. Maybe France. So, the, the, <laughs> so you have something off. I don't know how we got off on this subject, but you also have something that's that's pretty big at the point, which is like a halfway covenant. <clears throat> Which, I don't know if you ever heard of that or not.
0: Yeah, the Mathers. Yeah, so yeah.
1: you had this idea of, well, we understand that you're not really bearing a lot of fruit, and you're not really making this faith your own, but your children can still be accepted into the church, and we'll still baptize them and yeah. all that good stuff. Yeah. So that was Cotton a... Cotton
0: Mather. Hey,
1: anyway, he's a Baptist, but yeah. But anyways... Yeah, that was around the same time. Yeah, so you got that... Yeah. So you get that uh, dichotomy, and you and really the awakening is a deeply an Anglican movement, so you see that formalization inside of Anglicanism. Yeah. It's deeply formal, it's deeply associatively, and it's not very much conversional.
0: Yeah. Let me hop up on my soapbox, just for a second. I'm hopping up. You ready? Hang on. Was that you hopping up? That was me hopping up. Okay. I lost a little weight. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, 16 minutes in, you may be bored out of your mind. Has it been 16 minutes? 16 oh, minutes oh in. Gosh, we so, here, we don't have to. Okay. It's my podcast. So... Uh, it's our podcast, sorry about that. Yeah, I lost that one, mate. Calvinistic, right there. Uh, <sighs> purity of doctrine is assailed in the New Testament. Assailed. Assaulted. Under attack. Consistently plagued is the church with error. Heresy. Ranging from heresy to... <sighs> bad theology. <laughs> if you want to ranging from unthoughtful positions to heretical doctrine. It's constant. It's never changing. It's always assailed. And if you understand the spiritual warfare that goes on and what God actually is doing in the world, which is taking dominion from Satan, right? The gates of hell shall not prevail. So if that is the case, and I believe it is, then of course, like it's, it's... how big is this soapbox? It's pretty big. Okay. It's, what are you saying? I need to hurry no, up? No,
1: no, 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 no. I'm not saying anything.
0: You go ahead. I'm just I'm saying going. you're bringing in a lot of stuff. <laughs> my, my point is, my point is, the need for clear, exegetical thinking, <laughs> in one sense, has never been greater, but in another sense, when you look at church history, it's a constant struggle. Back, bringing this full circle to where we are. This is practically, I think, one of the largest struggles I ever had in the faith. This question of salvation, and specifically, the Avery doesn't like security. That's the, fine. Uh, it. it's fine. I
1: the, don't like the way it's used. I'm, not, I'm okay I, with the term. I, I you
0: know, yeah. I said that at the beginning. <laughs> This question of God saving a person all the way to heaven based solely on his grace okay I'll say it like that <laughs> so this question of uh, can I lose my salvation and I think I think just by the limited experience I have this is a, this is a question that most people have I mean if you're a serious thinker, this may be the most important question practically in your life. Um, your your walk with God is, you know, what what happens when I sin? What happens? You know, do I have peace with God, or does that wax and wane, <laughs> based on performance, based on obedience, based on piety? Right? It's it's a, it's a very practical question that really only can be answered systematically. That's that's the thing. So we'll, we'll get into the confession here. Perseverance of the Saints, chapter 17. Uh, again, I've, I've said this before. I hate to be this guy, but this is very well said. <laughs> I mean, this is just very well written. Three points. Uh, they use quite a bit of scriptures. I, I would be tempted to get into the majority of them. I'll try to refrain. So paragraph 1 those whom God has accepted in the Beloved, effectually called and sanctified by His Spirit, and given the precious faith of His elect unto, can neither totally nor finally fall from the state of grace, but shall certainly persevere therein to the end, and be eternally saved, seeing the gifts and callings of God are without repentance, from which source He still begets and nourishes in them faith, repentance, love joy hope and all the graces of the spirit unto immortality and through many storms and floods arise though many storms and floods arise and beat against them yet they shall never be able to take them off that foundation and rock which by faith they are fastened upon notwithstanding through unbelief and the temptation of Satan the sensible sight of the light and love of God may for a time be clouded and obscured from them yet he is still the same And they shall be sure to be kept by the power of God unto salvation, where they shall enjoy their purchased possession, they being engraved upon the palm of his hands, their names being written in the book of life from all eternity. That's a mouthful. Uh, So before we get into this, which comes up again in other subsequent points, but this idea of the temptation of Satan sensible. Sight, light of the love of God. This idea of sin that does is a reality in the life of the believer. Uh, you, you basically see two things held up: uh, God's work in saving a person fully all the way unto the end, and then the practical experience of that person b- can be different based on various things. Uh, but that not changing the the fact of God's salvation. So they they start with John 10. Uh, my opinion is if you really want to understand the security you have in Christ John is really a good place to to see that John and then first John uh but John 10 I give them eternal life they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand that's John 10:28 you know I, I'm just an old country boy <laughs> as I've said before not a very <laughs> not not a very learned man what do you drive? Is it four wheel drive? Uh, four wheel drive. <laughs> four wheel drive. Four wheel drive. My van's front wheel drive. But <laughs> I don't really like that drivetrain. i a country boy. I got a front wheel drive. <laughs> I'm a country boy. Drive a minivan. <laughs> so I give them eternal life. This is, of course, the ESV translation. They will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. Now, of course, that's in the context of the Good Shepherd. Uh, Jesus, of course, comparing himself and his work to that of a shepherd. They quote 29 as well. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. (laughs) So, the perspective that Jesus gives here is the security of the believer based on the work of the triune God, ultimately. Um... Second Timothy two nineteen put God's firm foundation stands bearing this seal. The Lord knows those who are his, and let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. First John two nineteen. They went out from us, they were not of us. If they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that it might become plain that they are not of us. We'll get <coughs> excuse me. We'll get into that. First Corinthians eleven thirty two. But when we are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined so that we may may not be condemned along with the world. Um, So you see both things, I guess, they're trying to highlight with that. um, This idea of basically full salvation purchased by Christ in John 10. This idea that I have bought these people. I am shepherding these people in the context, basically, and no one is able to, to take them from me. I will have what I have purchased and then taking it a step further. The Father is the one who gave these people to purchase to me, <laughs> and no one, he's greater than all. No one is able to snatch them out of his hand. So uh, the triune work of God is what secures the salvation of the of the believer. So, So the two aspects, of course, here, uh, and as we've talked about before, perspective, right, in some sense, the divine perspective of salvation that we get only from Scripture, the practical perspectives of uh, what you could find yourself in, which is sin as a believer, both things talked about. Go ahead, Darius. What you got? Yeah. <clears throat> I see That's you chomp, chomping at
1: Oh, yeah. That's a great points there,
0: Okay. I really appreciate those.
1: <laughs> I can
0: tell you do. Uh,
1: yeah. Uh, <laughs> Point one, Um, so they share this in common between the two confessions, but... Which two? uh, Savoy and the Westminster. Oh, okay. (laughs) If this is your first episode, tune in the Savoy and the Westminster. (laughs) Uh, There's a pretty lengthy addition to point one here. That's from the first London confession. Uh, I think they, they share pretty much word for word between the Savoy and the Westminster up to uh, to about the first eternally saved and then all after that's an addition from <clears throat> first London but point 1 it starts out with saying that God hath accepted in the beloved effectually called and sanctified by his spirit so this is <clears throat> because of the work done as in brother Mitch was saying because of the work done this procures for yourself perseverance so the main difference between a run-of-the-mill eternal security and perseverance is summed up right here in point one. It's the difference is it's God's work, and because it's God's work, it produces fruit unto the end. So what he has begun, he will finish, John 10, um, such as you'd cited. So it's the love of God placed there by him. Uh, and then you see uh, perseverance of the saints does not teach that saints cannot fall cannot fall radically. It says that they cannot fall fully and finally unto receive uh, wrath from God because their position has changed. They are in the beloved. They have a new nature and they have uh, a spirit interceding for them. The intercession of
0: Christ is here as well. Yeah, so as um, <coughs> as James White, probably not original to him, but maybe, uh, Christ is a perfect Savior. He doesn't fail, you know. And I think that's that's really uh, the consistency, the logical consistency of of seeing the systematic presentation in Scripture of salvation, how it works, the triune work that brings about man's salvation. You can't really have one without the other, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So you were correct. The Westminster and Savoy end uh, right around eternally saved. If that's exactly where yeah. It yeah. That's as far as they go. Now, it's a massive addition here. Mhm. And again, I think that addition is practical primarily. Right. Yeah. So the the if you if you've never dialogued with uh Armenians, people that know they're Armenians and understand it and they they that's where they are at. Yeah. It really does come down to this practical thing. Um in general, there's usually someone brought up. Oh, you remember Johnny? <laughs> Johnny was a was Johnny. If you're out there, Johnny. If you're out there, we're sorry. <laughs> Johnny. If you're out there, we're sorry. <laughs> Johnny. If you're listening, <laughs> come back, brother. Repent, Johnny. <laughs> but there, there's that, there's that classic case of this guy was was just zealous, great man of God, and then fell away, and now he's you know, insert living licentiously somehow. Yeah. So our answer to that is very simple. Their answer to that is he had salvation, he lost it. Right. He and destroying the witness of John 10 of Romans 8. (coughs) (coughs) Sorry, I'm getting tore up. There's a cat in here. Uh, There's a cat in here somewhere. I'm allergic to him. You get it. I got got it. Get the joke. There's no cat, but that's fine. (laughs) We don't have to talk about it. So so this uh, practical question of sin in the life of the believer is is very important. Uh, I would imagine that's why they added (laughs) this entire section of Kind of how it works, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, the, the key is obviously that uh, yes, believers can have seasons mm-hmm. of succumbing to temptations and and grieving the spirit and unbelief. Yeah.
1: yeah. So uh, that the perseverance does not state that it's all hunky dory, and that you won't have uh, trials and tribulations because you do. Uh, it, the the point is that God sustains that grace of giving at salvation is sustained continually given unto glorification. Um, that's the reason it says, snatch them out of my hand in John 10, because it's him that holds you. Right? This is all predicated upon the triune God. So you'll see th- two consistent witnesses in this chapter. Uh, they continually speak of the triune God. They continually speak of the Father, Son, and the Spirit, and they continually speak of the, the, the world, the flesh, and the devil. That's the dichotomy given. It's the work of God versus the work of man and Satan. You see that the temptation of Satan, you also see that sub point two of unbelief, so we can say that's the flesh and the devil there, <clears throat> so you see that that will not overcome the grace given at justification that will not overcome God in his work God in his work will be triumphant uh, as we've already pointed out it's important it's important to see that that does not mean that um you do not have seasons, like Mitchell said, Like un, for a time. That these things aren't a battle in which that you can indeed uh, be wrapped up in the sin and be blinded by it. I mean, you think of David, Peter, well, whatever else you want to see. Everyone. You're right. At the end of the day. At Abraham. the end of the day, everyone is, is in this struggle. Um, Jacob. This ongoing struggle with holiness and wish that you will not see the Lord. This This idea of continually growing um in knowledge and in and in, in practice uh, of your salvation
0: yeah, so the the straw man, which there's many in this d- uh, debate, <laughs> the straw man is yeah, so you're just saying either a, which Paul addresses this straw man, okay, Romans six, uh that we should continue in sin that grace may abound, right no nope, <laughs> not saying that at all by no means, Paul says. That that should be a
1: good indication where you're ministering faithful though. If someone would say to you, "You're just saying that I can just sin all I want," you're like, okay, now you're getting there. You're just wrong, but now you're getting there. You're 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 raising the same accusations that, that that they did against Paul. So yeah, we're doing you're, good. At
0: you're it. understanding what I'm saying. Yeah. There you yeah. go. So if you've never got that accusation, probably not faithfully teaching the gospel. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like if you never got the accusation in Romans nine. <laughs> Yep. That God's unjust to like people, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, <laughs> that's the two you're looking for. That's the two you want. Yeah. If you want to be like Paul and be a faithful witness of Christ and His grace and His mercy and how it is completely unfair and also how um, how efficacious it is <laughs> to save a person by itself. <laughs> so, so yeah. Uh, yep. So. The callings of God are without repentance, a direct quotation, I think from Hebrews somewhere in there, Um, from which source he still begets and nourishes in them, faith, repentance, love, joy, hope, all the graces of the Spirit unto immortality. It's a a fancy way to say God continues a work. Uh, Christ is the author and perfecter, author, and finisher of this faith that he gives. He will not fail. That's our only hope in life and death. It's our only hope. That uh, the work of Christ is sufficient, sufficient to bring salvation in this from a starting point to an end point. Yeah. So practically, though. Yeah. So
1: before before we move on, sorry. Go ahead. I mean, oh no, you're good. Okay. I was gonna say you see. uh, Let's see. One, two, three, four. You see five things confessed here of what begets this uh, this saving. Uh, perseverance you see faith repentance love joy hope and all the graces so that's what's produced inside the believer Uh, faith repentance hope love all these things these are practical outworkings of the work of the spirit and they name those here in in this first sub point so that's an aspect of your perseverance is in fact these things beginning by this begotten i guess by the spirit so uh, I, I, we can't say it enough that this this doctrine is is confessed here, is predicated upon the triune God and his work. They can't make that any more clear. Uh, it's a reason why it comes where it does. It's based upon that uh, alone. Man. And, of course, uh, very good
0: biblical basis. Yeah. So... They don't cite they don't cite Matthew 13, the uh, parable of the sower. But I do think that really spells it out. So a right understanding of what Jesus is illustrating in that parable illustrates almost this entire idea, basically. It should be called the parable of the souls because that's what it's about. That's really the central theme. Uh, four souls given, only one soul is good. The other souls do look okay, kind of. <laughs> and that's, that's the struggle from our perspective that we have with the Johnny situation. You know, he looked okay. Uh, so, so everybody that has any type of external connection to Christ is in one of those four conditions in some sense. There's only one truly good soul that bears actual fruit. Some other things bear imitations. Right, basically, that look the same to us, but they're not.
1: They're false. They're false. False fruit. They
0: don't have the root. Right. They just simply have
1: the outward external appearance.
0: Mm -hmm. So that would be our answer, by the way, to that Johnny situation is. Yeah. Either Johnny is in a season of unbelief as a truly converted person. That's option one. Mm -hmm. Option two. Of which he will repent of. Of which, yeah, if he doesn't repent, he evidences (laughs) the fact that he's (laughs) Right.
1: Yeah. So that's the difference. (coughs) <coughs> by and large, of mainstream eternal security and perseverance. So, yeah. uh, so mainstream eternal security would say, well, Johnny's Johnny made a profession; he's fine. He's he can, fine, he, even if he falls in the unbelief that profession was good enough at the time.
0: Yeah. So that's the difference. So, you, and that that, by the way, also is what you see in mainstream evangelical fish stuff: the classic big tent, thousands of people raise your hand, and that's the end of your walk with Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, so but that's really don't like yeah. the term so I agree don't really like I mean term. I'm
1: with you so it's abused so what should be what I really want to highlight in point one here is but shall certainly persevere therein to the end and be eternally saved yeah that's where the name comes from seeing so seeing the gifts and calling are are, are from God so uh, this idea the difference of eternal security is in fact a bare profession is good enough versus this perseverance was going to say that God will actually transform you. And that your life will actually bear fruit because of his work. As in, you'll actually be transformed. As in, you'll actually fight sin
0: and overcome it. As in, these things will actually occur. Yeah, You'll actually be victorious (laughs) in that. So it's easily misunderstood, though. Yeah. Uh, The downfall of perseverance makes it seem as though it's something you accomplish. And preservation, I think, is another term you might see used. They're interchangeable. From a Calvinistic perspective. So preservation would say God preserves you, so you persevere. Yeah, uh, and I think they say the same thing clearly. Yeah, that's what's being. Yeah. Done. So what's being taught about perseverance versus eternal security is really easy to see. Honestly, um, fire insurance, as Avery said one time, <laughs> fire insurance. I've made my profession. I continue, you know, living with my live-in girlfriend. <laughs> Whatever you want to throw in, <laughs> I'm, I, I'm good. Versus a uh, perseverance that does have an upward slant. Towards holiness and obedience, a discipled life, sanctification going on, mm-hmm. uh, which is an evidence of the work of God in your life. And and those things are easily <sighs> counterfeited on the one hand and also yeah. easily burdensome if you try to do them in your own power. There's a lot to discuss practically in that. Yeah, that's well, important. Uh so the last point, obviously, their names having been written in the book of life from all eternity. Now you would think they would quote Revelation where that says that directly. They actually quote Malachi three six, which says For I the Lord do not change, therefore you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. Now <coughs> in Revelation, in the final judgment, the Great White Throne, you basically see books opened. And Whew. the unregenerate masses, judged by what's written in those books, that doesn't say what those books necessarily contain, huh? Or by good and necessary consequences, what's what's in those books? Uh, <laughs> oh, i see what you did there. Yeah, like, like, yeah, Yeah, i see what you did there. No? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So what? Uh, I think most most would speculate that that's their works. <laughs> I mean, judged by their works. Versus the book of life of the lamb, which takes you out of that judgment, right? Uh, and I think all that is a picture, an image of final judgment. Now whether there's actually books, who knows? Who knows? Maybe. Yeah. The point is that the ones who are not judged by their works are judged. <laughs> it is a symbolic book, right? Agreed. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, anyway, the, this idea of written on the palms of his hands is direct imagery from the prophets. I forget where. Um, obviously, the book of the, the Lamb's Book of Life, right, is, is a direct symbol taken from Revelation. And then that quotation from Malachi, I think, highlights it really well. Um, the reason you're not consumed is because of me, not because of you. That's, that's what Malachi's saying there. Mm-hmm. That's what God's saying through the prophet. So, anyway, that only works, again, as we've said, with a right understanding of the work of God in salvation. Okay. Yeah,
1: I agree with all that.
0: Point two. This perseverance of the saints depends not upon their own free will. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, no. But upon the immutability of the decree of election. Flowing from the free and unchangeable love of God the Father upon the efficacy of the merit and intercession of Jesus Christ and union with Him, the oath of God, the abiding of His Spirit, and the seed of God within them, and the nature of the covenant of grace from all which arises also, the certainty and infallibility thereof. Cat. Another mouthful. Now... This is just saying, what I tried to highlight, probably in a much less eloquent way, is that you can be confused about perseverance. (laughs) They're saying this arises from the triune God and his work at the end of the day. Oh,
1: yeah. So, what you'll see is they're saying, yeah, it does not depend upon you maintaining your correct decision which that you made.
0: Yeah. Uh, Which is what most people think.
1: Yeah. So, it's not that. It's not predicated upon yourself, but upon God. The immutability of the decree of God. So all this is, is rooted in the person, the nature, and the work of God. Um, so that decree is irrevocable. Uh, he is sovereign brings that, those things to pass. Free and unchangeable love of God. So you see this, this, this triune work here. You see, um, <clears throat> it depends upon, not to own free will, immutability the decree of God. From the free and unchangeable love upon the merits and intercession of jesus and then you see the work of the spirit so you see you see the triune act of, of perseverance here yeah you see the decree of the father you see the accomplishment of the son upon his ev- his efficacy and then uh the intercession of jesus is, is lost as well i think a lot we don't we don't see the ongoing nature that it is in which jesus continually presents you to the father continually makes you
0: more and more holy um that intercession cannot fail even in the midst of your sin i think uh i prayed for you that your faith fell not when you've turned strength to your brothers jesus to peter is the greatest example (coughs) it is uh of course he's in his earthly ministry before his ascension but it's a it's a picture of what that actually is like peter you're done like, Satan's demanded to have you, and I've said, okay, you're done. But I've interceded for you. That's what, that's the hope we have. That's the only hope we have. I agree. And, and, but it does breed this perseverance, as you see in Peter.
1: Oh, yeah. So you see the repentance produced there. You see the perseverance, like you said. Um, apart from the continual intercession of Christ, so if, if it is predicated upon our right decision and our continuing that right decision, you and I would uh, would not make it. You and I would not persevere on our own, but it, it's predicated upon the intercession and the work of Christ, the merit and the efficacy. So it's going to change uh, the perspective of, of what salvation is for. Uh, it's going to change it here from the sinner unto the triune God. It's going to say because of the accomplishments of that, um, perseverance is produced. Yeah. And the seed of God here also is the spirit. So, And it says that the seed of God, which is a, it's a common 1690 term, <laughs> I guess. The seed of God is his spirit. Um, <clears throat> his spirit and the seed of God within them is produced there. So you see the triune act right here in point two, I guess, is the main thing that, to bring out of it. Because, and that's the reason we were saying that that's the reason it comes at the end of the acrostic. <laughs> it comes after effectual calling it comes after all these things is because this is the fruit of that system this is the fruit of, of yeah. the work of that so, so
0: to summarize that they didn't use the shorthand tulip acrostic when was the senate of dort oh gosh that remember. would have been uh, hang on before we met we're gonna mess that up we're gonna mess that up eh? give me a minute I'm gonna say where's our googler guy Oh, gosh, I should know that. Was it before or after the confession is what I'm asking?
1: It's before, I feel like. Eh.
0: Yeah, I'm going to say it's before. Hang on. The old snod. Oh, yeah, 1618. Yep. Final session,
1: 1619.
0: Okay. Yep. So, well before. Mm-hmm. So, they have ample opportunity to use that tulip across the- <laughs> 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 now, my, my My point is. <laughs> you don't have to, you don't, uh, we're not, uh, we're not, as they say, as Calvinist as well in our modern times, we're not itching to clog religion with terminology either. Okay, we could care less. What you call it, <laughs> um, it doesn't matter. The point is, though, that if man is what man is, and his nature is of uh, total inability, <laughs> then these things logically follow and have to be so at the end of the day. There's, there's no assailing the systematic harmony of Calvinism. It, it really is a system that's irrefutable and honestly, I think, biblical, clearly. But that being said, uh, so before I accepted biblical doctrine, <laughs> I was a big proponent of eternal security. The problem with that was the struggle to see how that functions if you have a part in it. It's very hard to to see, and that's, that's how we opened basically to say you can't be you can't be a proponent of this idea unless you're a Calvinist. And that's not to say that people aren't. It's that it's very inconsistent. So if you meet God halfway, then you can leave that halfway point you came to at the end of the day, as we've said. Yeah. Uh, and the truth is we don't meet God halfway we meet him all the way because he brings us all the way himself <laughs> right it, it's a false dichotomy it's, it's a straw man so the, no surprise they use Romans 830 those whom he predestined he also called those whom he called he also justified those whom he justified he also glorified we talked about this before <laughs> uh, That that for me not just for me it wasn't Romans 9 that did it for me it was actually that Romans 8 the golden chain the one group of God that are the same that's called or justified completely diminishing any idea of a prevenient grace and a general call to everyone it's, it's done, can't be it's one group that's called that's also justified and that same group's glorified it's a completed action Romans nine eleven. 11 uh, of course this is in the context of Jacob and Esau Though they were not yet born and had done nothing either good or bad, in order that God's purpose of election might continue not because of works but because of him who calls, they skip ahead to romans nine sixteen so then it depends not on human will or exertion but on God who has mercy uh, I've had numerous conversations, obviously as you could imagine as one of the five Calvinists in Scott county um about this just all the issues of soteri- so all it, so it takes all the issues of soteriology and The the, the argument is like if this is so clear like why is the Bible not clear on it the problem is it is extremely clear crystal clear on this like it it's like what more could be said John one not by blood not by the will of man Romans nine (laughs) sixteen it's not based on human exertion or human will (laughs) you gotta you gotta do some fancy Gymnastics there. Super fancy. Oh. So corporate well, election. <laughs> uh, they they use <laughs> oh, yeah, Romans okay. five nine. Since yeah. therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more so we'll <laughs> be saved by him from the wrath of God. What a statement. Romans five ten. For if we were if while we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more, now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by his life. Um Last one I'll quote or use they quote more, but Hebrew six 17 and 18. So when God desired to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise, the unchangeable character of his purpose, he guaranteed it with an oath so that by two unchangeable things in which it is possible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge might have hope, strong hope conviction.
1: Yeah. So that's kind to bring it to the point that I want to bring out a some point too. It's yeah, going to yeah. be, Go it's, it. so it's the FSC, the intercession of Christ is the work of the triune gun. I won't say that again. Um, okay. 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 <laughs> Because of the nature of the covenant of grace, okay, that that's that's going to be the big one there. It's this triune God in the sense that He obligates Himself to this because He is in covenant with you. Uh, this covenant of grace in which that you're in, of which God cuts, as is, is they reference um, um, Genesis there, which God cuts, <clears throat> He He predicates upon Himself. So whenever we say, if you have a non perseverance view, we think it's because people can change the bible frames it as in salvation is is predicated and on the fact that god cannot change so it's because mm-hmm. god obligates himself to do this that's the reason it comes to pass that's what they're trying to say because of the covenant of grace there because of god's obligation to you not the other way around not that somehow you made him obligated to you but he obligated himself to you through covenant mm-hmm. so and that's lost uh, in a modern understanding. It's It's been.
0: It's so we been, should. you're saying we should baptize our children? <laughs> no, obviously not. <laughs> I missed it. I somehow missed it.
1: Yeah, you, somehow, you didn't, you didn't uh, make it quite where I was trying to go, bitch. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Sorry. Actually, I think there's a reason you shouldn't baptize. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> but anyway, so um,
0: what was I saying? Uh, the obligation you know. of God. Oh, in, yeah. In, oh, right, covenant. right. so, the
1: covenant's lost. Right. The covenant's lost on modern evangelical people because we're just so radically... Dispensation. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, that for sure. We're just so radically <laughs> self-focused. It's all about me and what God brings to me. It's not about God and his overall work of redemption to glorify himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... So if if there's one saint that's brought to faith that that is lost and not glorified, God has failed, not the saint. Mm -hmm. That's what I want you to bring forth. That's what I want to bring forth out of the confession. It's because of that covenant obligation that you will persevere because he predicates that upon himself. Uh, uh, I I feel like a broken record, but you really got to emphasize that here. I agree. Really what's saying. Agreed. Um, Because of the covenant which God cuts, you and I are guaranteed a spot in heaven. Yeah, and that's that's the only reason. Yeah, but and a transformed earth that <laughs> ultimately, Constantly Oh, you're talking how you were talking about some stuff too. Okay, that's true. Heavy misplaced. Yeah, I'm not your man though. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I wanted to bring out a point too. It's it's the triune work predicates upon himself
0: and that covenant obligation. Agreed. Um the infallibility of this covenant of grace yeah. means it can't fail. Yeah. yeah. So have
1: you worshipped? Have you praised the day? I mean, so we wake up like, oh, well, it's cold outside. Whatever insert, whatever gripe you have. Have you said the triune God has spoken for me and will bring me forth to glory? Mm-hmm. I think it's impossible at that point in time to be like a Squidward. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh... <laughs> it's impossible at that point in time to say, "Oh, my car didn't start." I know the triune God said that He loved me and, and glorified me throughout all of eternity and, and giving me all this inheritance. But you know, I got some bad stuff going on. <laughs> and it's I
0: guess, I'm talking to myself there. You know, no, I agree. do that all the time.
1: Agreed. Just preach that to yourself every day.
0: I mean, yeah. my goodness, what a what a you know what a savior. Yeah, I think I think the joy, the hope, that entire thing. Point mm-hmm. A yeah, point one. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it's. Again, of course, I have to get practical. Let's get practical. Let's put on. Hey, hey, what's that? What's Tell that? me of your experience, bitch. What's that? <laughs> what's, that? what's that evangelical term? Which one? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, which one? I forget. It's one of them. Put your waiters on. I um, parse it out. Uh, Suss it out. Whatever. Either way. Either way. I know te- what you're te- going for. Tease it out. Let's tease it Let's out. Let's tease it out. Uh, oh gosh Let's do life together <laughs> That's it <laughs> <laughs> new life. Oh my gosh So uh, Practically You I've lived As a Christian With no joy Okay Big big reveal I've done that So often it, and you end up in that state and you look at it and you think, well, I think if I was a Christian, I would have this joy. I mean, this is a pretty big deal. Why do I not have it? Um, They they touch on it, point three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I get a little ahead of myself. They do speak to this. So it doesn't necessarily mean that you're not a Christian. I think most of the time it doesn't. I think, as we sit here and look on an unbearded Spurgeon, he would be the one that most practically spoke. Uh, not, not the only one. I think it's actually common to the Christian life to not have joy. And that's because of sin and because of the fall. Not necessarily personal sin that invokes no joy, which he can. Could be that. But I think it's because of our condition and our mortal bodies, our flesh that remains... Being chained to this flesh. Yeah. yeah. We grown with the creation. Yeah. Eagerly awaiting and, and that, hastening. It still happens. Hastening. Yeah. Of course. Application of the will of God. Yeah. So practically I think it's actually <laughs> counterintuitive, right? To the way you have this joy is actually passive. Passive on your part. You cannot get this joy through anything other than seeing the work of christ applied to you believing it it's actually a passive reception of the joy casting all your cares on him who cares for you right that idea of don't be anxious you know why god like that that's the only reason why yeah so sanctification is i've said this before so if
1: you want to be more like christ if you want more assurance if you want more of these things it's it's not a filling up of the hands of doing actions it it It's truly a deeper knowledge of the savior it, now
0: i I preached a lot of evangelical sermons you know in my time. One I still really like is the byproduct idea. So I used to preach a lot of uh stories and imageries back in the day. Before I became convictionally exegetical. I don't do that anymore. No I don't do it. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Just kidding. No, get good, a good image. So the image I used in uh, this idea of having all these things, the fruit of the spirit, so to speak, which joy is in there. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Of the one fruit. Of the one fruit, yeah. Uh, was diesel fuel and gasoline. Right. So the image was they set out to make gasoline in that process. They got diesel. Okay. They weren't trying to make diesel. Diesel is a naturally occurring byproduct of the process to make gasoline. Ergo. From petroleum. From petroleum. Okay. Which is fossil fuel. (laughs) We here at the Modern Former love oil. (laughs) That's correct. We're for it. I drive a diesel myself. (laughs) We're for it. We're for it. So so my point is, the counterintuitive nature of this is, joy is not something you can have something you can produce something that you do and then get it's a byproduct of worship primarily yeah knowledge of god brings joy yeah and in those seasons when you struggle with joy the answer actually is uh the means of grace god's ordained and point three <laughs> <laughs> which is in there it's yeah. in point that's what it that is point three. anything else on point two no that's good go ahead you sure flip the tube Three. and though they may through the temptation of Satan and of the world the prevalency of corruption remaining in them and the neglect of the means of their preservation fall into grievous sins and for a time continue therein whereby they incur God's displeasure and grieve His Holy Spirit come to have their graces and comforts impaired have their hearts hardened and their consciences wounded hurt and scandalize others and bring temporal judgments upon themselves yet shall they renew their repentance and be persevered through faith in Christ Jesus to the end
1: so if you remember of good works we talked about uh, sorry gosh well I guess you want to read the scripture but uh, when when we when we went through that chapter if you remember the good works edify the brother uh, the sin also tears down yourself and the brethren as well so you get that dichotomy here
0: you go ahead and read the scriptures, so they use matthew twenty six uh 70, 72, and seventy four which is peter's denial uh it's great example. that one yeah of all of really uh, it's a great example of sin in the life of of a of a believer right sin it's almost as why that is why he went through that i agree <laughs> You might be surprised here, I agree. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, I guess the one I would... So, they use quite a few, uh, as you can imagine. Ephesians 4.30. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. That really is this entire idea in a nutshell. So, it doesn't say, do not grieve the Spirit of God because He will unseal you. (laughs) Uh, Don't grieve the Spirit of God by whom you were sealed unto the day of redemption. So, you have this indwelling deity, this nature of God imparted through His Spirit, given to you. So walk after it.
1: Yeah, Yeah, so the discipline or the displeasure
0: or the grieving there. They use Psalm 51, Psalm 32. Confession Psalms of David. You go ahead. You get through there. Uh, Sorry. (laughs) Psalm 51, uh, I think they use this to illustrate renewal or repentance, whatever. Created me a clean heart, renewing a right spirit within me. Psalm 51, 12, restore to me the joy of your salvation. Uphold me with a willing spirit. Psalm 32, 3 and 4, when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as, as by the heat of summer. Uh, Luke 22, now this, again, who would have thought? This is the parallel account of Peter's sin. I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. It's Jesus too Peter? When you have turned, strengthen your brothers. The whole thing displayed in the life of Peter, really.
1: Yeah, that's a good point.
0: So, uh, whenever we grieve the Holy
1: Spirit by our sin, also before I before I talk about that, the other straw man of the position, you're just like, oh well, you can just sin with no consequence, then. All right. Yeah, that is all not the case. Uh, not yeah. a, not at all. Um, it lists the symptoms of that in this subpoint. It also, before I go on, it also brings back that same terminology, the world, the flesh, and the devil. Mm. These things are still at war, are still present, are still ongoing in the life of a believer. So perseverance in no way teaches that that's not a reality. Mm -hmm. It also does not teach the reality in which that you cannot grieve the spirit or which your sin does not matter. The, The difference is that it's a fatherly grief. It's a fatherly displeasure. It's a displeasure than which produces restorative grace, not
0: condemnation. Mm. That's, that's the point that they're going for here. So, the difference between standing before the magistrate and standing before your father are two, two very different things. Correct. I mean, that's great. But that's that's a bo- point. both <laughs> could look the same uh, yeah. on occasion. Discipline. Take you to the Woosie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, temporal judgments are nothing to scoff at mm. uh, at all. Yeah, amen there. So this idea
1: in which that you know I can just sin without consequence is also a byproduct of eternal security <laughs> and, and that usage of it in, in, inside of that. Yeah no, that's what I used to believe in okay. you got hey, no consequence. Hey, easy
0: believeism is what, what you're incorrect. So yeah. So it comes along with its own system don't get me wrong. Yeah. Easy believeism would say you make <coughs> you make Sorry. a profession and that's the end of your Christian life. <laughs> At the end of the day. Well, pretty much. Pretty much. Pretty much. much. You you've done you've 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 gotten to the point of it. You've done your Because part. it's about you and, and, your, and your emotions. Yeah. So feeling. Good. Security. Security.
1: So uh, we see how these things come forth. It's either by radical sin through the flesh, the, the devil, or the world. Mm-hmm. It's also a means of neglect of, of the perseverance. So how will you and I persevere? We'll persevere uh, by Lord's Day worship, by reading, by prayer, by fasting, all those disciplines and ways in which God holds out his presence by taking the supper. So when you neglect those things, it produces in you uh, uh, this uh, uh, doubt, this hardening, as it says. Uh, these it actually has severe consequences when we neglect the means of that perseverance.
0: <clears throat> yeah. Amen. Yeah. So I think I think the struggle is real clearly illustrated by paul in his i mean entire treatise to to rome but especially Romans 6 it is a, it is it's hard to fully grasp on the one hand fatherly displeasure and on the other hand security because
1: well i think it's easier if you have a good
0: father yeah, it's a lot easier than yeah
1: a lot easier if you've had a Which good godly pe- father, most people don't. Yeah, agreed. But um, yeah, if you've had a good fatherly, humanly, earthly father example, that you understand it.
0: That, yeah, uh,
1: that the discipline is never to incur wrath, but correction. Yeah, but restorative in nature. It's not punishment in the sense of condemnation, it's punishment as in reproof and correction. Mm-hmm. And outwardly, it looks the same, but inwardly, it accomplishes different purposes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's well said. I don't have that's what I was, yeah. <laughs>
0: That's what I was trying to say. Yeah, that's what you're trying to say. they are good. Let's get started.
1: Yeah, so you'll see the end, though. The end is is what we're saying here. This grace will produce and renew repentance. And perseverance. And perseverance.
0: So the idea, bare bones, perseverance, is continuing in the faith. Yes. So you will never fall away. And that's not
1: a bare profession faith. No.
0: That's not a a faith without fruit. That's not a James 2
1: faith. That's not a dead
0: faith. That's a living and active faith. Faith. Yeah. So <laughs> the book of James type faith yeah. is the only real faith there is. Agreed. The rest of that is rocky soil and, and hard ground and not not real faith. So
1: Yeah, it, it, like you you had brought this up before. We're not saying that there's not apostates. Right. We're not saying that there's not people that claimed faith that no longer have that claimed faith. Judas. Judas. Great example. We're saying that those people that claim faith were uh, counterfeits. Mm-hmm. Are not actually uh, in this category. Mm -hmm. Which should be pretty obvious.
0: Yep. Worst state. (coughs) Gosh. I got the sickness. (laughs) Sorry. What's wrong with you? I don't know. Uh Uh-oh. I don't go to the doctor. You got a fever? Nah.
1: Nah, just a lot of congestion. No, you're okay. (laughs) My voice sounds like
0: this. It's nice. Sticky shoe. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, So... So often these debates come down to some dude quoting a parable. Okay, I've been there a thousand times.
1: That's a great. That's a great point, man. Um,
0: it's just <laughs> hear me clearly on Johnny, this, Johnny. Come back, yes, Johnny. Please, Johnny, put your hand to the plow, Johnny. <laughs> so experientially, I've had so many conversations, fruitless conversations, about this particular doctrine that end up just going nowhere because there are no categories for systematic theology at the end of the day. Systematic theology, which is just big picture understanding of how the Bible fits together and what it presents in a full-orbed manner. So how James harmonizes with Romans, for example. How Romans harmonizes with Ephesians. How Ephesians harmonizes with John. All those things. And also the Old Testament. And also, 2nd Maccabees. <laughs> Just read point one. I mean chapter one. Okay. Just read chapter one. Yeah. So, my point is... Of the confession. My, my point is, uh, we live in a time in a Christian culture that is very much... Air quotes. Christian culture. That is very much inundated with proof texting, cherry picking... And presenting systematic theology while at the same time denying that systematic theology is a good thing to do. <laughs> okay. Um, perseverance of the saints, to debate that question, to struggle with that question, I think is common to Christians. Um, the answer to it, though, is not just to really meditate on that one idea. It's a, it's a big picture understanding of God, His work, salvation, the whole deal. It's a package that, that really does br- bring that home. Yeah, the more you study
1: the scripture and like you said, systematics, the more that you tie those together in a big picture understanding of what it teaches, the more you're gonna see that all truth really is predicated upon God and his being. Yeah. Um, so we are secure because of God and his immutability, because of his great love and mercy. Right. Uh I told I said I wasn't gonna say it again, but I I, I can't help myself. <laughs> Kind of. So so that's this truth is no different. It's predicated upon the, the, the nature of God. Um and then you see you see the consequence of believing sin. So a sin in a believer. You see those consequences, the wounding of the conscience, <clears throat> the hardening, um what else does it say? The scandalizing of others. Uh it tears down the brethren, tear down mm-hmm. yourself. These things are are, are terrible. <laughs> They're not good things. They bring forth temporal judgment, and that's either through means or not. Either one. Either that. Either that's through uh, the result of sinful living. That's uh, a magistrate. Whatever it may be. These things have consequences um, in their nature. It's not pleasant to be uh, caught in a sin as a believer. It's not something that you and I strive for. It's like, how much can we sin and get away with it? How much can we sin and still be saved? That's
0: that's the eternal security model.
1: Yeah. How much? How much can we get away with and then still ultimately inherit eternal life? That's the wrong attitude. It's really the true, true faith is the exact opposite of that. Is how much can I kill? Uh, how much can I serve my King of, of all that He's done? Calvin says, I've, "I've quoted this a thousand times on this podcast." A truly converted heart will live out of gratitude for God, mm. not filling the hands, but emptying and, and
0: and looking unto the Savior. I
1: mean, that's the ultimate answer for all these things.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Amen. What's up next? <laughs> Assurance of life and salvation, <laughs> something like that. Ask your own question and answer. There you go. Assurance. Of grace and service. Sorry about that. Chapter 18. Chapter
1: 18. Till next time.